America's webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. And uh, I know there's a lot more you can be listening to and watching today with everything that's happened in the election and in the news and all. So I appreciate you joining me, and uh, I hope you'll encourage your friends and family to to join in and listen to the show, if not live, uh, like we do every Wednesday at 4 o'clock Eastern, and we're doing right now. But also, the show is archived within about 48 hours, 24 to 48 hours after we broadcast. And you go to the website, America's Web Radio, and click on the Our Constitution site, and there you can listen to the shows anytime and listen to them as often as you want because they are archived and you can take the link and send it to your friends and relatives and ask them to listen to it. So if you have a show that you particularly like, then that's a way to share it with other people. And also on the Our Constitution website, you can find the link to my blog and you can go on my blog and, and read the articles that I've posted on the blog uh, recently, for any of you out there who have been following the blog or on my email list, the uh, Outlook, Microsoft, whatever it is they call themselves these days, that is my email provider, decided to switch formats recently. And in the process, they wiped out three-quarters of my email subscriber list. Fortunately, I had a backup, and, but it took me about two weeks work to put everything back together. So if you're on that email list and you haven't gotten anything from me in the last month or so, then email me. Uh, the email is available on my, on my website. Go to the website. Email me. You can either do it at that website or go to Michael at USJF Mail. That's Michael at USJF Mail for United States Justice Foundation usjfmail.net and let me know that you're not receiving emails anymore when I notify people for a new article on my blog and I will put you back on the list. Make sure you get on it. I want to start off today, before we get into the election and everything that's going on, uh, to thank everybody and to brag a little bit because my new novel, The Rag, my patriotic novel, which is something that a lot of people are saying it should be read by everybody before the election, has really exploded. And so a lot of you have obviously gone to Amazon and places like that to purchase it. Uh, it is there is a hard copy, hardcover copy, a paperback, and also an e-book. And in the categories of an e-book, it has been one of the top one-half of one percent sellers on Amazon for about three weeks now, and that's incredible. That virtually never happens that a book is, is that high up that often. Because they have about 1.2 million e-books on Amazon, and I'm in the, the top one-half of 1% 1 of sales. In the paperback category, I'm in the top 3 or 4% of sales, and that's out of about 3 million books. Uh, so that... It's selling very well. People are liking it. It's getting five-star reviews on Amazon. And if you've read it and you like it, please go on Amazon and review it. The sales are also skyrocketing on Barnes & Noble. 
where it's available there through their Nook ebook program and also as a paperback and a hard uh, cover. And then I just, just about a week ago, I took my little booklet, Our Constitution, which I know many of you have ordered in the past because you can go to my website and order copies of it through me. And at that point, that was the other way to get it. It's a little printed booklet. It's uh, 77 pages long in paperback. And I take each portion of the Constitution, each article, each section, each amendment. I put them in the way they were originally written by the Founding Fathers. And then I tell you how they've been revised over the years as there have been amendments. And then I put in my comments about what all that really means, how the Founding Fathers meant for the Constitution to work, and how important it is, even more important in today's society possibly than it was to them, forming a brand new country. You can get that now on Amazon Kindle as an ebook. It's only $2.99. And so that way, even if you have one that you carry around in your pocket or your purse, and a lot of people do that, because when I go out and make speeches, I'll, I'll mention that, and some people will pull, pull theirs out and start waving it to let me know they've got theirs. But if you want a copy that you can carry around on a mobile device, like your smartphone or something like that, then go and, and order it uh, through Kindle. Like I said, it's two ninety nine, and uh, it's a complete booklet, a new, new cover design on it, uh, for speci- specifically for Kindle, but... You can get the booklet, and you can encourage people to share it. And you can send it on to your friends and, and let them know how they can get their own copy. It's gotten a lot of acclaim over the last few years. We've sold thousands and thousands of copies. A lot of people have bought hard copies for their school, to hand out in local schools, because let's face it, our, our children are not being taught about the Constitution. They're, they're totally ignorant. I don't know if you've watched some of the. Uh, like Waters on Fox News is going around talking to college students about this election, about issues of the day, and they don't know anything. They know absolutely nothing. They're voting for Bernie Sanders, or they were voting for Bernie Sanders, because they think socialism is a very kind and benevolent form of government. They have no idea what socialism is. They hate the Second Amendment, they don't know why, really. They also hate the First Amendment. I mean, a lot of them want their safe spaces. They want a place to hide on the college campuses so they can hide from any of those people out there who dare to exercise their right of freedom of speech and support the First Amendment or oppose abortion on demand or say something negative about Obama and his presidency or about Hillary. They want their safe spaces. They want to hide. Ask them about the Constitution. About half the time, you just get a blank stare. Because they don't know what to tell you about the Constitution. They don't know what's in it. And as I keep telling people, if you don't know what's in the Constitution, you don't know what rights are protected there, you're not going to realize that you're losing them until it's too late. And suddenly your right to freedom of speech and freedom of religion is gone. Freedom of the press is gone. The right to due process of law is gone. The 
The right to keep and bear arms is gone. All of this is happening out there. And it's going to get a lot worse. So again, thank you for ordering copies of my booklet. Thank you for ordering copies of my novel, The Rag. And The Rag, by the way, because it's become such a bestseller, it's also caused a big jump in sales of my book, The Mortarman, which is about my dad's unit during World War II. It's become highly popular, and it's also available as a paperback and an e-book on all the websites. And then my uh, other novel, Amiyali, A Story of America, is also selling quite well. Uh, a lot of people are ordering all the copies of the books at the same time and reading them one at a time. And I'll also mention, you know, I, I have written two books of ghost stories. Uh, one is based on the Philmont Scout Ranch in New Mexico. It's called Riders in the Sky, the Ghost and Legends of Philmont. Boy Scouts love it. Girl Scouts love it. Uh, kids love the book, but so do adults. It tells a whole bunch of ghost stories that I've heard when I was out there, and uh, it, it's a fun read. And then I have another book called America's Liveliest Ghost, where I've collected stories from all over the southern and southwestern United States, uh, places like Natchez, Mississippi, uh, St. Francisville, Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, San Antonio, Texas, Bandera, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, a lot of different places. And that is also kind of a fun read. It uh, recounts some of the stories. And uh, I mentioned this because, you know, Halloween is coming up. And those two books are available in paperback through me, through my website, also available in paperback on all the major book websites. And if you want a signed copy of any of these books, what I'm mentioning, go to my website and order them through there, through PayPal, and just give me the autograph instructions, and I'll get the book right off to you. And you can also contact me at uh, Post Office Box 1266 in Canton, Texas, 75103. And you can find that address on, on the website, too, if you want to mail a check in or a copy of the book. So anyway, that's that's my plug for the day. And now let's talk about what's going to happen in less than two weeks. We're 13 days away from a new president of the United States being elected. And a lot of people are not happy with the choices. But we have to get down to the nitty-gritty here. We have to look at what candidates are saying out there, particularly what they're saying in regard to the Constitution. And understand, I cannot specifically endorse a candidate because I am the executive director of a nonprofit corporation, the United States Justice Foundation. And if you want to learn more about it, go to usjf.net. But I'm the head of a nonprofit, so. 501c3, which, by the way, means if you donate to the United States Justice Foundation, your contributions are tax-deductible. So think about donating to us, because we do a lot of good work out there on the Constitution. But I can, even though I can't endorse anybody specifically, I can talk about where the various candidates stand on things. And the thing that's most important to me, and the most glaring difference between the candidates was spelled out very well, I thought, in the last debate. And that is the Supreme Court of the United States. 
We already have one vacancy on the United States Supreme Court. The great jurist uh, Antonine Scalia died unexpectedly. He was the bulwark of the conservative wing of the Supreme Court. So now the court is 4-4, four, four, four Republican appointees, four Democratic appointees, and two of the Republican appointees can be kind of iffy, uh, Anthony Kennedy and uh, even Judge Roberts, the Chief Justice. But the new president will appoint a Supreme Court justice to fill Scalia's vacancy. And they will also, whoever it is, he or she, will probably appoint at least two to three more justices if they serve eight years in office. Even if they serve only four, they will probably appoint at least two to three justices, including the one that filled Scalia's vacancy. This is because most of your justices on the Supreme Court have been around quite a while. They're getting old. They're getting tired. They want to get off the court. If Hillary Clinton does what she says and appoints justices that do what she wants them to do, we're going to be in trouble for a generation at least. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. One of the things that Hillary said in the debate that uh, is very important to me and should be to you was that she wants to appoint justices who want to do away with the Heller decision in the Supreme Court. Now, the Heller decision was a decision rendered and has been affirmed since it was originally rendered a few years back 
that said that the Second Amendment that provides for the right to keep and bear arms meant that that right is an individual right. And the opinion was written by Judge Judge Scalia, and he said this is not a group right, as the left has maintained. It doesn't mean that the only people that can be guard or or armed or recognized militias and National Guard members. It means that you and I have the right to own a firearm and keep a firearm in our home to protect ourselves and our families. That's what the Second Amendment was all about. That's why the Founding Fathers put it in the Constitution. Remember, they had just fought a long and bloody revolution to free themselves from the dictatorship that was essentially the British monarchy that was denying them their basic rights as British people, as people, period. So they fought this revolution, and they fought it mostly using weapons that were manufactured right in the colonies and were owned individually by the colonists. So when they started drawing up the Constitution, one of the things they wanted to make sure was put in there was that the right to keep and bear arms was an individual right that could not be taken away from the people. Looked at the new constitutions they were forming and this new government that they were forming, and it's something that had never been tried before. They didn't know if it was going to work. In fact, the first attempt was a, the Articles of Confederation was, in fact, a failure. But fortunately, they got back together and they came up with the Constitution, which has now worked for over 200 years, 40 years. But they weren't sure how long it would last or whether or not at some point a dictatorship would emerge that would start taking away the rights of the American people. Well, guess what? We're about there, folks. We're not already. So they wanted the American people to be able to take up arms if they needed to and take back their country and take back their government. Now, remember, the Constitution is not the only document, founding document to look at. We also have the Declaration of Independence. And in the Declaration of Independence, the Founding Fathers specifically said that when a government becomes oppressive, and starts to take away the inalienable rights of the people. And the people have an absolute right to alter or abolish that government and form a new one that will be of the people, by the people, and for the people. If you haven't read the Declaration of Independence or haven't read it in a while, go back and read the entire Declaration. It's very eye-opening. Because most of us were taught in school, I don't imagine that the younger ones are taught now, but we were taught in school what the Declaration meant. And we, we heard the, uh, the statements they made about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But if you go through the first part of the document and you get to the second part where they list, the Founding Fathers list the things that are being done to them by the British King, 
and the rights that they are taking been losing. And they go through this list, and boy, does it sound familiar. It's really scary. Many of the things on that list enumerate things that are happening right now under the Obama administration and will continue to happen under the Clinton administration, and probably even more so. Because remember the debate, Clinton said that she wanted the Heller amendment over, or Heller decision overturned. And she also did her usual platitudes about, oh, I support the Second Amendment. Well, we all know that Hillary Clinton lies. As far as I'm concerned, she's a psychopathic liar, which means that she will lie even when telling the truth would be to more, more to her benefit. She can't help herself. She didn't lie. So in the debate, she gets up there and she says, oh, I support the Second Amendment. But then she wants to overturn the Heller decision, which establishes the Second Amendment as an individual right, which means she does not support the Second Amendment. She also vowed her, early in her campaign that if she became president, she would put the NRA, the National Rifle Association, out of business. A private fundraiser, it was picked up that she said she wanted to disarm the American people when it came to handguns. <laughs> Excuse me. That nobody in this country should be allowed to own handguns. Except, of course, the police and criminals, because criminals are not going to buy handguns legally. So she wants to destroy the Second Amendment. She wants to take away our right to keep and bear arms. And this will be one of her top priorities in supporting and appointing Supreme Court justices. And it's just going to take one. Because right now, four people on the court were in favor of the Heller decision. Four people were against it. Those four people are going to stay against it. So they only need one more vote to overturn the decision and to do even more damage to the Second Amendment. That's what Hillary said she wanted in the debate. So don't believe the platitudes about, oh, I support the Second Amendment. She doesn't. She hates the Second Amendment. She hates the NRA. She hates all of us deplorables out there who own firearms. She wants to disarm us just like Obama has been trying to disarm us. Obama has gone ahead and started implementing the United Nations Small Arms Treaty without ever sending it to the United States Senate for ratification, which is required by the Constitution that any treaty signed by the President cannot be enforced until it is ratified by a two-thirds vote of the United States Senate. He's refused to send it to the Senate for a vote because he knows it would never get to two-thirds. So he has already started implementing it by, for example, when you go and you fill out an application for a firearm, or legally purchase a firearm, you fill out that application and it's sent to the FBI to do a background check on you. And it comes back that you are legally allowed to fire to buy one, or it comes back and says, no, you can't buy one. Either way, that application is supposed to be destroyed within 72 hours. 
the paper copy is supposed to be destroyed by the gun dealer, which most of them do. And the other copies are supposed to be destroyed by the FBI, which they no longer do. I can guarantee they no longer do it. Because the U.N. Small Arms Treaty, one of the requirements is that each government that has signed the treaty is supposed to provide a list to the United Nations, not only the firearms dealers and manufacturers in the country, but also of firearm owners. And the only way for them to compile that list is to keep copies of those applications for firearms. You think Hillary's going to go back to the old method of doing things? No, she's going to try to enforce the treaty too. Something else that Hillary has said, which is very telling and very important, that she wants firearm manufacturers to be held liable, because right now there's federal law that protects them from being sued. Wants to be held liable, them to be held liable for every action by involving a firearm or somebody that's hurt or killed. Whether it's accidental or deliberate, it doesn't matter. They could be financially liable. Which means essentially that if you own a firearm and somebody steals it and uses it to commit a crime, then the manufacturer of that firearm that sold it to you through a licensed gun dealer can be held liable by the family of the person who was killed with a stolen gun. By the same token, if you shoot an intruder in your home, Hillary wants the gun manufacturer to be held liable for that also. Even though it's obviously not their fault, and obviously the firearm was used for an intended purpose, and that was to defend you. Hillary wants that protection taken away also. So all of us will be held liable for any use of a firearm by anybody. The gun manufacturers will go out of business in a matter of months. They won't have any choice. And Obama's already prohibited by executive order. You know, Hillary loves those executive orders. She can hardly wait to get in into office and start doing using them herself. She's already mentioned on several occasions executive orders that she's going to use. So she's going to start using executive orders just like Obama's done to try to disarm the American people. And that would include executive orders prohibiting the importation of firearms. She'd like also to make manufacturers of ammunition liable. So if somebody uses a firearm containing bullets manufactured by a particular company, they can be held liable along with the manufacturer of the firearms. This is the type of craziness we're looking at out there. And we're looking at this from a woman who's running for the presidency in the United States who has said that she wants to abolish private gun ownership in this country and wants the Heller opinion reversed and wants to 
allow gun manufacturers to be sued. Everything she says is a blueprint for disarming America. It's a blueprint that Obama's been following. It's a blueprint that Hillary will follow. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, what Hillary wants to do in regards to the Second Amendment and Supreme Court appointees. And it's going to get a lot worse than that. I mean, we're looking at assaults by the federal government on our First Amendment rights, our freedom of religion, uh, our freedom of speech, our freedom of the press. Of course, most of the press is already in the tank for the liberals and Hillary Clinton. The press coverage of this election has just been unbelievable. I mean, it's been bad for years. Very skewed in favor of liberal candidates and Democratic candidates in general, but this is just unprecedented. They don't even try to hide anymore. It's open antagonism towards anybody out there who doesn't toe the liberal line. And the American people are getting fed up. One of the things that I have enjoyed seeing in the last few hours is because I was infuriated about this, and I'm sure most of you have heard about the fact that we had thousands of National Guard members, California National Guard, who were offered re-enlistment bonuses during the Iraq and Afghan wars because their enlistments were running out, and they were offered hefty bonuses, sometimes up to $25,000, to re-enlist. Many of them did, and they went back into combat. Some were killed. Many were wounded. And now, years later, the Pentagon steps forward and says, you know what, 
We made a mistake. You never should have gotten those bonuses. Give all the money back. You have veterans that were looking at being forced into bankruptcy. Disabled veterans that were going to lose their homes because the government wanted back the money that it had given to these people who re-enlisted. Now, that's a contract. That's a contract between the government and the soldiers who are putting their lives on the line to defend that very government. If the government thinks that they can just violate the contract and by doing so violate the Constitution, and they can do it just on a whim. Fortunately, the outcry has been so great by the American people. And I've, I've been on Twitter about this, and, and you know, I've been infuriated about it. The outcry was so great that today, Ash Carter, the Secretary of Defense, so-called Secretary of Defense, told the Pentagon to back off. Now, I hope that's permanent. But who knows with Hillary? If she gets in, she hates the military. You hear her tout, oh, I'm going to take care of our military, I'm going to take care of our veterans. Bull. She's the one who defended... And all this was breaking with the VA about the scandal of veterans dying while waiting in line to get in to see a doctor and their waiting times being covered up and told by totally corrupt VA employees. When all that was happening, Hillary came out and said, oh, it's not that bad. No big deal. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Move on. Now she's running her campaign and talking about helping veterans. I don't believe a word she's saying. And I don't know for sure that she won't go after these men and women in the California National Guard once she gets president. But we know she's not going to do anything for veterans. And, you know, I've been talking on this program for three years now, almost four, I guess, about our work with veterans at the United States Justice Foundation and how the attempt is being made to disarm them. By the way, we just won, won a case for one of the veterans, and we just looks like we may win a second one here very shortly. But there's hundreds of thousands of veterans out there who have been put on the next list, the National List of Criminal Background Checklist, for being incompetent to handle their own financial affairs. Now, if you look at the law regarding the next list and who goes on that list, there's not a word in there about you being incompetent in your own financial affairs. You go on the next list because you're a convicted felon, because you're a known user of illegal drugs, or because you have been adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Where does that say, well, if you have trouble writing checks or you let your spouse pay the family bills, or you have your bills automatically paid out of your bank account, you're therefore incompetent. So how do they get you on the next list using that? Well, we had to sue to get it, but the United States Justice Foundation won a lawsuit against the VA several years ago, and we got, as part of, part of a Freedom of Information Act request, we got a document between the FBI, a memorandum between the FBI and the VA, in which the FBI said that any time the VA sent them a name, an address, 
of a veteran that they had found incompetent to handle their own financial affairs, that they would, without any adjudication process, without any regard for the Fourth Amendment, without any regard to the Fifth Amendment, they would automatically put that veteran on the next list as being ineligible to purchase, legally purchase firearms on the grounds that they were mentally defective to the point of being a danger to themselves or others. So if you are a veteran, and now, by the way, if you're a senior citizen, they're starting to make the same move. If you're a Social Security recipient, they're starting to make the same move or the same grounds against Social Security recipients. If you have your bills automatically paid out of your bank account, and I've got this in writing. I'm not making this up. I mean, the case we just won here in Texas, the uh, it was in writing that the reason for this veteran being declared incompetent was exactly that, and only that, because he had the bank pay his bills every month automatically for his checking account. And if you're somebody that does that, do you really think the government's entitled to declare you mentally defective to the point of being a danger to yourself or others? I mean, how is that going to go over when you try to apply for a job? How is that going to go over when all of a sudden you show up on the no-fly list or the terrorist watch list? Of course, if you're a veteran, you're on the terrorist watch list already because Jan Napolitano, when she was head of Homeland Security, she put on the list everybody who supported Right to Life, potential domestic terrorists, everybody who had supported Rand Paul, Ron Paul, I should say, Ron Paul for president back in 2008 was on the list. Everybody who supported the Second Amendment was on the list. Everybody who believed in limited government was on the terrorist watch list. And particularly on the terrorist watch list, the worst of the worst were the veterans coming home from combat in Afghanistan and Iraq. This is the mindset of the liberals. This is the mindset of Hillary Clinton. And I've said before on this program that think about history. Think about the history of the world. 1933, Adolf Hitler was elected Chancellor of Germany. He wanted to consolidate power and make himself an absolute dictator. He wanted to take away the freedoms of the German people. Take away their ability to effectively oppose him. So the first thing he did was to nationalize health care, completely nationalize it, so that he can control access to health care. If he control access to health care, he control the people. Second thing he did was start to disarm the German population, beginning with the military veterans. <clears throat> See, these were World War I veterans, and they had taken an oath to defend their country and to defend their constitution, not an oath to defend an individual. Hitler didn't like that. He wanted them to defend him and him only. So he knew that because they had taken that oath, they would do what a lot of people in this country are willing to do, and that is to stand up and say, 
we took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That oath does not go away. We are no longer an active duty in the military. That oath continues. That's the way the German soldiers, every German soldier, felt about their oath. So they had to be disarmed. And that's the way Obama and Hillary and their minions look at us. The national news media looks at us. And that is that we need to be disarmed. Because as long as the Second Amendment to the Constitution exists, as long as we have a right individually to keep and bear arms, then we can defend ourselves against the government to take away our rights. I talk about this extensively. It's the basis for my patriotic novel, The Rag. I talk about what happens when they move to disarm the American people, when they start taking away the rights of the American people, and I talk about how the American people fight back. People are, are relating to this novel. They're relating to it, scaring them on one hand, and making them feel proud on the other. And it's based on just what I'm talking about today. And that is our basic freedoms under the Constitution of the United States. Our freedom of speech. Which, if you think we still have good freedom of speech in this country, think about political correctness. Think about that stupidity of being chastised or fired or disciplined for being politically incorrect. Who decides what's politically incorrect? Well, the liberals decide what's politically incorrect. That means anything that they don't want you to believe in or talk about is politically incorrect. And if you're stupid, you can be suspended, expelled. I mean, don't dare, if you're a high school student in this country, wear a T-shirt to school supporting the Second Amendment. They will come after you with everything they've got. They may come after you in the workplace. Now, it's okay for idiots like Copernic to kneel during the National Anthem and to protest during the National Anthem. Liberals are fine with that. NFL football, they're fine with that, even though they are getting clobbered in the ratings right now. There are a lot more patriotic Americans out there than they realize, and we're fed up. I haven't watched the NFL this year and don't intend to watch it unless their whole philosophy changes. And now you've got others protesting the same way. Well, that's politically correct. See, that's all right. You can protest the national anthem. You can dishonor the people who have fought for our flag and our country. It's okay to dishonor them. That's politically correct. But if you stand up to criticize that, you're politically incorrect. Let's take our final break now. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation 
and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to America's WebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I'm definitely not somebody who you would term politically correct. In fact, uh, I am one of those deplorables that Hillary Clinton has classified as an ambassador of deplorables because I don't support her for president, and therefore I've got to be homophobic, racist, xenophobic, a whole laundry list of stuff that she doesn't like. And what does it mean? How do you get classified as being racist? Well, it's simple. Just oppose anything Obama's ever done as President of the United States. And the news media is going to classify you as a racist. It doesn't matter if what you're saying about Obama has nothing to do with race whatsoever. It has to do with his policy. Then you're a racist. You're homophobic if you dare to be a Christian that does not believe in gay marriage. It believes in traditional marriage. It does not believe the federal government should be in a position to mandate what constitutes marriage. Then you're homophobic. And by the way, I am getting sick and tired of because I don't support Hillary Clinton, having the news media classify me as obviously being an angry, uneducated white man. How many times have you heard that? Even coming out of Fox News. Supporters of Donald Trump or the supporters of Gary Johnson or the supporters of anybody like Hillary Clinton are obviously just uneducated white men. Angry, uneducated white men. Now, if I was a college-educated woman, I would take offense at that. Because what they're basically saying is that these angry, uneducated white men are the only ones that are smart enough to recognize the Constitution's in jeopardy. And if you soccer moms out there, you educated suburban moms, you're too stupid to know anything about the Constitution. So you're going to vote for Hillary Clinton simply because she's a woman. And they're telling you you have to do that, that you have to cast your vote without thinking. 
And you have to do it for Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. And this is going to be the first woman president. They were interviewing some people the other day in Texas that were early voting. And a couple of women said that. Oh, well, I wanted to make sure and come out and vote early because I want to be part of electing the first woman president of the United States. Didn't say, well, Hillary Clinton is going to protect me, protect my family, protect the country. She's going to do a good job of reducing crime. She's going to protect the Constitution. None of that. I want to be a part of the first election of a woman president of the United States. So, yeah, I'm, I'm deplorable. Am I angry? I've been angry ever since Obama became president, actually, before that. Because I've seen what he was doing and what the Democrats have been doing in this country. And by an uneducated white man, well, I'm a white man, but having an undergraduate degree in business public administration and a law degree and having written six books and having my own blog and own talk radio show and being executive director of a legal foundation doesn't exactly say I'm uneducated. But that doesn't matter to Hillary. I'm still deplorable. And guess what? I'm proud of that. If that's what deplorable is, is not voting for Hillary Clinton, then I'm deplorable. But regardless of what you're going to do in a vote for president, you have to think about the consequences of what will happen if Hillary Clinton is elected president of the United States and has a Senate that will back up everything she does. The Democrats control the Senate and will back her nominees for the Supreme Court, regardless of who they are and what they believe or don't believe. And she has the House. All legislation she wants will pass. Nobody has tried yet in the Republican Party to really check rein in Obama and his executive orders. Hillary's seen that. She's not dumb. She's a liar, but she's not dumb. She's going to go full speed ahead with executive orders. She's going to make sure we're all politically correct, that you're punished if you're not. You're not going to have a First Amendment right to freedom of speech. You're not going to have a First Amendment right to freedom of religion. Churches are going to be punished if they don't toe the liberal line. Individuals are going to be punished. We're going to become a society of criminals. Not because we've actually committed a crime, but because we have done something that the liberals don't like. And right now, if you come out and you do something that the left doesn't like, you're going to be slammed, not just on social media, but also by the mainstream media. They don't care anymore about protecting freedom of the press. The only thing they want to protect is themselves. And, you know, a lot of talk people are talking about the polls. And most of your polls are done by liberal news organizations. I mean, ABC and Washington Post came out with a poll the other day in which they said that Trump was behind Clinton by 12 percentage points. 
Other polls showed him behind, too, with nothing approaching that. So somebody was asking me just the other day, do you think the polls are, are rigged? And based on what I've seen and what I'm hearing out there, yes, they are. Because polls, well, first of all, how many of you out that my audience have ever been polled for the presidential campaign? I don't remember ever having been polled. And I've been voting since 1968, the presidential election. Nobody's ever called me and asked me who I was going to vote for that I recall. That's this question on my, my, my blog. I said, let me know if you've ever been polled. Nobody came back and said, yeah, they had. A lot of people said they know they have been. So who are they talking to? First of all, the demographics they're using, apparently, according to emails that have been released, apparently the Clinton campaign is supplying to the major polling organizations the demographics they want them to use to show that she's in the lead. Number one, they want more Democrats polled than Republicans. They want more, more women than men in the poll, the question poll. They want more blacks and Hispanics question in the poll. So they're skewing everything so that more people are going to say, well, I support Hillary Clinton for president. Is she going to win? But right now, I, you know, I would have to say it looks like it. Is there going to be a fight if she does? Right now, I have to say it looks like it. In fact, I'm pretty much sure of it. Because there are an awful lot of people out there who are not going to just stand up and say, okay, Hillary's president, here, I'm turning in my firearms. I'm surrendering my freedom of speech. I'm surrendering my property to be controlled by the federal government. I'm surrendering my business to be controlled by the federal government. Here it is. Here is more money for you to spend, more taxes from me, for you to spend on illegals, not veterans, not our military, but illegals, taking care of them. Go ahead and bring in 55, 60,000 Syrian refugees, unvetted. Let them start running amok. Let terrorism increase. Don't do anything to effectively fight ISIS. You know, there are a lot of people out there that aren't going to put up with that. There are a lot of people out there, like me, who took that oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Like I said earlier, that oath does not die. That oath does not go away. You know, I'm a talk show host. I'm an author, an attorney. I'm head of the United States Justice Foundation. I've got my own blog. That's what I am. What I do, I should say. It's not who I am. It's what I do. Who I am is I am an American soldier. I have been an American soldier for years, even though I haven't been on active duty or in reserves in years. I have not stopped being an American soldier, and I will die as an American soldier. That means, that means dying for my country, so be it. 
make me politically incorrect? Sure. As far as the liberals are concerned, that makes me terribly politically incorrect and a threat, a threat to them. How dare I stand up for my rights and the rights of my fellow Americans? You're supposed to do what I'm told. Not going to happen. Meantime, get a copy of my book. Go to Amazon. Go to my website, www.michaelconnelly.jigsy. Michaelconnelly.jigsy, J-I-G-S-Y, dot com. And order copies of my book directly from me if you want signed copies. Otherwise, you can get the e- there's an e-book, the rag on Kindle, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And you can also get an e-book copy of my little book of the Constitution. And if you want, order some of my books of ghost stories to give out Halloween. In any case, thank you for having me on again. And next week I will be unavailable to do the show. But uh, everyone have a good week. I'll be back before the election. And the day next show we'll be talking about that very thing, the election. Thanks again. Good day. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.